Hey, y'all. Welcome to You Ain't Got to Lie, Craig, a spinoff podcast of Who All Gonna Be There, part of Nat Turner Project's media, Unempire. I'm one half of Nat Turner Project. Shout out Melanie Stevens and her spinoff podcast, Who All In It, with Ariella Tai. And also check out Nat Turner Project's Black Abbey series. I normally say all the intro stuff, but for this episode, um, we have the other people saying some stuff. So, Ruben, take it away for the next tidbit. How to support NTP, you asked, Max? Did you ask me? I don't know. Well, there's a Patreon page with exclusive podcast episodes, which are only available behind the paywall. So, the Melanie, Max, and every other guest, that's where they get extra messy. Uh, you can buy stuff on their Etsy subscribe uh, on iTunes and leave a review, hopefully a good one, uh, you know, because it always helps to have good reviews. Uh, follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Facebook, Instagram. Links are in the show's notes, so you know where to find it. Also, if you have an art-related questions, email, email natrunnerproject at natrunnerprojectzero at gmail.com, and we will read it on here and try our best to answer it. All right. For this second episode of You Ain't Got to Lie, Craig, the children return for the next impact. I'm Onyx here with Ruben and Maximiliano. Oh yeah, thank you both. Um, our first episode, we did an always overview uh, of the show in a sense. And for these next few episodes, we are going to break it down Bag it up. Break it down. Bag it up. Fuck it up. Fuck it up. Fuck it up. Fuck it up. Bag 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 it up. And we are starting with episodes one through six. Okay, Ava heads, lift off. Lift off. Lift off. Okay, thank you. Um, episode one, Angel Attack. Um, I, for each episode we're gonna like go into, I'll read um, the episode overview and then we can start chatting about it. Um, episode one, Angel Attack. In the year 2015, an angel returns to attack Tokyo 3. Misato Kaguragi um, transports Shinji to the nerve base overseen by his estranged father, Gindo. Um, so yeah, so this is the first episode of Ava, um, that we experience. Um, we see the city preparing for an attack. We see people going into shelters. Um, this is also Shinji arrives to Tokyo 3, um, right as an angel is attacking, um, for the first time in 15 years, right? So this is all new to everybody. They've been preparing for 15 years. Um, different government agencies are trying to fight it off. And then that's when we meet Shinji, we meet Nerve, where we meet um, Sato. Yeah. Um, I think when I first saw like this episode, because I saw like the first thing I saw was another one. So when I went back and started from the beginning, uh, I was really like uh, taken by 
because I think the first shot of the show is like a shot to the ocean and then like the thing coming in and then just how it was like uh, like the composition of each shot and then you see like the, the barrel of a tank and then like a, a bird flying away and then you get to see like there's a destroyed city it's flooded just like you start getting information like this with these each of these shots I think it's like where uh, Eva gets like this or at least for me gets like most of how I connect to it is like it's very it's very cinematic it doesn't feel like a cartoon that's kind of what I want to say even though it's like animated and like all these things but like how images are composed and presented and edited feels more like a movie and I think this opening sequence of the angel like appearing while Shinji's like on the phone waiting for Misato I think it's just like a, a, a very perfect way of like um, introducing you into this world that in it you get to know like oh this is like post-apocalyptic there's like some something went down destroy like a lot of Japan and then you hear I think at some moment you start hearing like uh, Tokyo 3 and you're like so that means like Tokyo 1 there was a Tokyo 1 and got destroyed there was a Tokyo 2 and got destroyed and then there's like a Tokyo 3 and you're like oh so there's been through like multiple like events of destruction and and I think it's like introduces this to this world like in such uh I don't know, like it's very elegant. I I I just love it. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I really liked episode one. I think just uh in how it introduces the characters. Like the scenes also were like, of course, like uh Ava's like way more cinematic than most movie or not movies uh anime like they he just put a lot of effort into it but then uh like you know miss like we see Misato and she just rolls up like skirt like get in like whatever like get in loser we're going shopping like <laughs> the world's falling apart but we're gonna do it so yeah I don't know I really like how episode one is I don't like how it ends I don't know if it's too early to say that but I don't like how it ends at all made me kind of mad but I'm glad that like I wasn't watching it when it was first coming out and that I have like access to just streaming so I can just binge it and I don't have to wait yeah yes definitely uh, yeah I agree with both of you the shots are really beautiful I think is one of the first things I noticed from the first episode was um the animation or the shots the camera angles um but then that, that leads me maybe to one of my first questions is um I know I've talked to Ruben about this a little bit but um how how some of these shots feel exploitive, um, the way uh, some of these shots are, especially on like Misato's body. Um, yeah, that was also something that I noticed um, early on with the show. Um, yeah, that's like, that's something that always takes me off anime. It's like, you're, I'm really into it. And then all of a sudden, like the proverbial butt shot, right? I think it happens very early on that it looks like for me it was like oh maybe they're not gonna do it in this one and then they throw the n2 bomb to the angel and then we said to like pulse chiji down in the car and you know there's like the upskirt shot that always it's like in the, all the anime and i was like why is this a thing why can't you just like not do it um and yeah it is it is there is a lot of of that in anime and i'm not excusing it i, I like it, it for me just takes me out it's like ah oh, okay, we're doing that right now, okay, got it, 
but yeah, it is very uh, exploitative how they show like female bodies in, the, in all of anime, and and I think this one is also guilty of that. Even though sometimes I think they play it down a bit. I think later episodes they don't do it as much, but I know like the early ones they do it like a lot. Um, As oh Asuka, she gets a lot of um. What it, what are they called? Panty shots? They're not called. What is it? It's called fan service. That's what it's called. Fan service. Yeah, that's what it's called. When, uh, well, it, it is. It is what it's called. That's what like when you talk about it, in, like the anime community. It's like when you get like to see like because there's I know there's one scene in far off episode where like um, Asuka is getting mad about something and she slams the door shut and all you can see is just like straight down her shirt to her shorts and so you see like a little like you see her boobs you know but like nothing like too explicit. Uh, yeah, I don't, it's, like, one of those things that, like, as I, because I kind of grew up watching shoujo anime, so, like, the girly, nice, like, romantic stuff, so there's way less any shots, and so as I've gotten into more shonen, I'm realizing, like, how much those are more prevalent, and just kind of, like, you know, it's, like, something to, to kind of laugh at at this point, at, like, how extra they go to be, to, like, be, like, look, a vagina, or, like, there's a, there's a, like, person with boobs here, like, oh, my God, you know. That's how I feel. That's kind of, I laugh at it more now than I think I would have if I was younger and saw it. So fan service, um, like when I hear fan service, I think of like Captain America holding Thor's hammer. But, um, <laughs> but fan th service in anime is, uh, is like characters being sexy. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it's definitely. Like, like uh, Moe is another one, right? Where it's kind of like the gay version of fan service. Where like there's Shinji just and Kaoru. <laughs> that's that's some straight up right there. I love yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Then so yeah. So we meet Shinji. Um, Shinji's fourteen years old. Um, that's uh, I guess we'll get back to the idea of these fourteen year old kids um, a little bit later. Oh yeah. Um, but as the episode unfolds, the UN gives up. Um, Nerve. We we inter were introduced to Nerve. They start to fire uh, the Avas. Um, there's a unit that's already damaged. We don't know why. Um, Shinji gets to Nerve. Um, we find out about the Geo front. We still don't know maybe what it is. Um, also, you know, some a lot of these things I pick up on on a multiple viewing. So like I think realizing too that um, the Sato also seems relatively new to Nerve. Like, um, she hasn't been there that long. And then um, these ideas maybe of Ava as, like, some type of artificial human. And then um, what's the main purpose of Nerve? Is it really to defend against angels? Um, and then, yeah, I guess maybe the next talking point, the first reads of uh, Masato, uh, Shinji, and then um, um, Akagi. And then also I'm interested in the relationship between... Um, Masato and um, Akagi. Akagi. Um, yeah. There's so much to say about Misato, you know? Like, she's such a, she's such a deep character. But I think when we first meet her, it's definitely like, I don't know, she doesn't read as a general. Is she a general at this point? Or like, she's... She's captain. Starts as a captain and then eventually becomes a major. Like she just doesn't like 
read is that and like her carefree attitude and you still like even then like I think when she's st you start to see it more of course as like Shinji starts to gear up or even when she's like the only one who confronts Shinji like about like you need to get to the fucking robot so I think I don't know Misato is just interesting and in, like how she plays out throughout the whole story I don't know what are, what are y'all's thoughts what are y'all thinking just to start with her I guess Shinji I read is like a little crybaby yeah, I agree with that one. Yeah, Max, you go. Um, yeah, I think um, I think the first the first few times I've watched it because I think probably one through six is not like the third time I've watched it. Um, I feel a lot more um, maybe sympathetic for these characters. I think maybe the first time I was more like confused about what was going on and like less able to like get into the um, motivations of the characters and stuff like that. Um, so I definitely see it. I definitely see it through a different lens now. Um, I honestly feel a little bit more sympathetic of Shinji than I did on other viewings. And um, I definitely like always, yeah, saw uh, Misato as like, um, you know, the closest thing to it, to the hero of a show. Um, but definitely even more so now. Um, I think we can get to this a little bit in some of the later episodes, but uh, the idea that she's the only one that really seems to even care about Shinji or even like be looking out for his interests on any level. Um, Cause I think too, I mean, oh, never mind. I'm just going to go off script if I keep talking, but, um, but yeah. But then I'm also, yeah, I'm also, I guess I feel like I don't know what the relationship is between um, Akagi and um, Misato. You know, it seems like there's some, they've worked together, but maybe there's some tension. Obviously I think they have different styles but also different priorities. And I think maybe that's where the conflict comes is uh, the way of wanting to do things with like Shinji as a tool or a mechanism versus being like a person. Yeah, like a means to an end. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I feel like Misato, I mean, at least the first like moment that I see Misato was like, uh, she's kind of cool uh kind of like it starts to present herself as like uh a, a, a mother figure like she wants to be that for Chinji, but then i think she like backpedals on him she's like uh this seems like too much <laughs> we're, we're roommates we're just roommates you know um but there's there is something about like the, the how the character is assigned i think it's like very 90s like all the characters in the 90s were kind of like looky the same. I think we talked about it a bit. Like they're all like skinny and tall. Um, and yeah, like she does not read at all as at the beginning as a character that will be responsible for the defense against the end of humanity, you know? <laughs> I think that's like something very careless about her. But then, you know, after repeated viewings, I realized, like, I mean, this episode, you see how she is after, you know, a big mission or something. And then you realize, like, oh, my God, she's a fucking drunk. Uh, she's like an alcoholic. Um, and I think, like, after that, I always imagine Misato being, like, drunk, like, every time. And, I mean, there is a moment in the, episode, in the series when you realize that she sobers up and she's, like, drinking just coffee. And her demeanor completely changes. Like, it's no longer, like, the one that we know. But staying on, like, episode one, I feel like 
She's like kind of this lighthearted. She doesn't want to seem like complex. She doesn't want to be like a burden on anyone. She's like, everything is fine. Everything is cool. I think like Misato might be a Libra. I don't know if that's like how I would interpret her, but I don't want to go into like science, zodiac signs for each character. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like, like what? I said, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can go there. But uh, <clears throat> of course, I'm going to say that Gendo is an Aquarius because he's like a sociopath and a psychopath. Um, but yeah, like I feel like she is, she doesn't want to be a bother on anyone. And I think that's how she, see, she sees a, a lot of that of herself in Chinji. Like Chinji doesn't want to be a bother on anyone. And that's why she pushes him to be like, you know, you need to do things for yourself and like do all these things. And I think that's how they start like developing this weird codependent relationship on each other. Then eventually like Misato realizes about that. But you know, at, at first instance, it's like this lighthearted, badass captain defending humanity against these monsters that we knew for some reason they were coming um, and we prepare for it. I mean, they prepare for it. I don't know what Mexico was doing at the time. Probably like was flooded completely. <laughs> um, but don't know. they mention at some point Mexico having an Ava being built? No, I think it was, no. uh, it's Germany. There's a, an American branch, and a Euro branch, and a German branch, a German branch. You know, Japanese, German, they get along, I guess. A lot, um, yeah. Uh, it's mentioned in like a lot of fiction. Like I've seen a lot of Japanese movies and like Germany is like mentioned a lot when it comes to like international uh, affairs. Like Germany's, I feel like they're both like, oh, we kind of fucked up a bit. You know, we should be like cool with everyone or something, I don't know. But there's like some, in like a lot of like Japanese fiction, I see these two countries like uh, getting along a lot. I think we're getting up subject, but yeah. Yeah, so, um, so here we are, right? The first angel attack. Um, so for the general <laughs> public, right? Cause like as a viewer, we get to see what the government agencies know and um, like what's going on. But so the general public, you know, they just know that a meteor struck Antarctica 15 years ago, and now these angels are coming. So to them, is that completely unrelated? This meteorite that struck 15 years ago, and now these angels arriving, like, what explanation do they have? What does the general public think? Um, why have, for the last 15 years, have all these buildings and, like, agencies been getting funding and, like, preparing if... Um, they had no idea of angels at all. And then um, I think I asked this last time, but yeah, then where do the angels come from? Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, I'm still thinking about like, yeah, like so a regular person, right? Cause we, we hear that after the first angel attack, a lot of the people in the city, um, they like flee. Um, so yeah, what do you think like a regular person, a non-government employee is thinking or processing um, with all of this. Do you think that person exists in Tokyo 3? Oh, like if you lived in Tokyo 3, you would only be working with the like, like if you if you weren't working, like let's say you're just a convenience store person, but like you your dad or like your sister or your cousin, you know, if you if you live in the city like that. Like I feel like like you have a friend. Like I feel like it's like one of those I would well because I, I have that question too I'm like what the hell is America doing right now like they obviously like I think that one that shut down 
which is the next round. Uh, but there's that one that shut down. I think that one was an American one, but like, you know, I don't know what America's doing. I would imagine though that everyone in Tokyo 3 like knows kind of what's up. Like you can't just have like buildings like like <laughs> go up and down and not be like, oh, there's like a city beneath this. Or, or maybe it's the same as like us to it, like a 9-11 attacks, you know, where it's like, like every like or like the moon like maybe it's like there's conspiracy theories and maybe they're more believed than like the moon landing conspiracy theory or the 9-11 conspiracy theory but like that kind of like thing where it's like they kind of know but they don't know everything as much as we know we yeah I don't know that's how I kind of viewed it but I do wonder like you know is like some kid in London just like oh there's like weird shit happening right now like I don't even know you know like yeah yeah like I agree with Onyx in this one. That's what I was going to say. I feel like everyone in the geofront, obviously everyone in the geofront is like the subterranean base, which I have to say like visually is like incredible. Like they, their base of operations is a pyramid. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, but uh, I think like everyone in Tokyo 3 is like, part of like nerve and shit like i don't know what the economy is like tokyo 3 is i would love to know that do they make like that's why i kind of like pacific rim a lot because it go like guillermo el toro builds like a very believable world like oh there's a whole economy around like the kaijus right like people go in there and like strip them and like some parts of the kaiju are used to be sold in the black market and shit like that but like nerve and like the encounters with the angels feel like they're very hermetic it's like, I think we're gonna we can talk this about. I think it's episode three when we uh, meet uh, Chiji's friends. Uh, they don't even know what's going on. Like they go to the shelters so and it's like, oh, I don't know. Like everything's blocked. We don't know anything. Um, but yeah, like um, I don't know. Like if there's anyone that would be like, yeah, there's like robots and something. I think it's just like you know crises crises happen and like people react to it and some people are more prepared than others and i feel like nerve is that organization that was made against protection against giant monsters because you know it's a thing apparently okay cool yeah um <clears throat> so then yeah we get to the we get to the part shinji gets to nerve shinji um meets his dad or sees his dad for the first time in three years, um, pretty much no, no love, no affection. Um, Shinji realizes that uh, they want him to pilot Deva. He throws a fit. Um, he says no. They um, they try to bring Ray back. She uh, Ray arrives in a medical bay, um, and then pipes collapse inside nerve. And then this is like the first sign that we see that maybe something special about Shinji, the Ava. Um, not being piloted or plugged in, it protects Shinji from the falling pipes. Um, everyone's surprised, and then um, Shinji tries to protect Rei, and um, yeah, then Shinji uh, Shinji pilots gets in the Ava finally pilots it. Um, we we get a little introduction into LCL, and um, but yeah, curious about um, what is LCL. Um, what is it? What does it do? Um, especially since, like, we've talked about it a little bit last time. I feel like I've been watching the episodes more thinking about that, but also thinking about um, any time there's water, because even in these first few episodes, there's different, um, there's, like, a scene where, like, Shinji's, like, in a bathtub having thoughts, and there's a scene where, like, uh, Misato's in a bathtub having thoughts, and then it's, like, is that, 
um, do we read into that potentially as like water as being um, that metaphor in all those ways or that liquid? Um, if I remember correctly, I think LCL is described by uh, Ritsuko like in a further episode where it says like the LCL is the same, uh, it's, it's composed of the same thing as like uh, the, the primordial ooze of life, like when we were all water um, and then like slowly evolved out of it from like unicellular beings in like, you know, I think that's what the LCL is supposed to be is, is like this primordial ooze where all life came from, which eventually you realize you're just like in, you're just in like Lilith's blood, right? That that's like basically that thing that uh, she, like Lilith bleeds uh, in the cross, it is LCL. Like that's, that's how I, how I always thought it was. Like the Avas produce that shit naturally. I think like when they put in like the, uh, the, the plugging, they put the plugging capsule in the back and they, they just flood it. They just let, let all the liquid in from the Ava or some shit. That's how I see it. I may be wrong though. I just, I always wondered how they like made the LCL, if that's from them, like it kind of grosses me out more. Cause I'm like, it is our, it's like the ooze that we become and then can come out of, right? And then how is Shinji in there? Like just chilling, but then like, that's kind of gross. That's kind of like, ee. like they're just like swimming in somebody else's blood and like breathing it in, letting it like become part of their lung. Like, I, I get so confused by like our relationship with angels as like humans, you know, and I know that we're like, there's like a whole, we kind of went over it last time, but it's still like one of those things that like, I just keep going around and around in a circle with. So if LCL is blood, that makes it even worse. But cause too, with the LCL, I think if I remember correctly, they said it like, it gives you visions or makes you hallucinate. Like when they put you in the cockpit, doesn't it like, it has some function like in the cockpit, right? Like helping you pilot. Yeah, it helps with synchronization. Like that's how you synchronize with. You are one with the thing, basically. Okay, cool. And then, um, and then the Ava arrives on ground level above the geofront to fight the angel. Um, end episode. So that's um that's how the first episode goes. Episode one. <clears throat> Then, um, then we then we open up to episode two, unfamiliar ceiling. After piloting um, the Ava Unit One, Shinji wakes up in the hospital with no memory of the battle, feeling sorry for himself, and Sato lets him move in with her. Um, so the episode begins with uh, the Ava lift off. Shinji pilots for the first time. Um, we see the Ava with power cord, and then we see uh, it fall almost instantly. We see Shinji obviously has no idea how to pilot it, which I like so much better because I feel like there's so many times where somebody does something for the first time and they're automatically Amazing yeah, they're an expert with it. It's um, it's Ray at the end of episode uh, seven or whatever. Um, but yeah, I like that things take time. And then- uh, <laughs> I thought you were gonna keep going. No, it's fine. Um, and then, yeah, then we, I, I mentioned this the last time, but um, I, and I thought about this too. So why, I feel like it was never explained why everybody's 14, um, why it has to be uh, these 14-year-old kids, um, what that means, 
you know, versus 14-year-old kids piloting and having to go to war versus adults. And then I was wondering, like, how much um, Ava is, like, about child soldiers, about kids in war. Like, um, if if there is a parallel there, like, what is that? Or um, how intentional or in-depth um, do, we, do we take that read? Uh. Well, I'm, I think the only reason they're 14 is because they need, well, so we're still doing spoilers or not here. I feel like we already um, spoiled it all. Yeah, so, if, you, if you need to say something with a spoiler, that's cool. I have a spoiler. You know, but like they need, the, they need to have like their mother's souls in order to be able to synchronize uh, and pilot with it. And as far as I know, that's the only reason why they're 14, unless there's more going on. I don't really understand because I feel like there's this air throughout the whole series, but especially like in this beginning part where they're like, they can't, they have to be 14. Like they can't be 15, you can't be 17, you have to be like 14. I don't, I don't know, I don't know why though. Yeah, I feel like there's, I think there has something about like having been born after the second impact. Is, is it just that? Like, cause yeah. I mean, I'm- Because I think there's some mention of like when the second impact happens, uh, the chambers of Gulf Gulf, I don't. It's like G U F. Um, Las cámaras de Gulf is like where all the souls are kept. When they open it, eh, at some moment they are like, "Oh my God, it's empty. There's no more souls because they came in contact with like a god and God got pissed and was like, okay, no more, no more souls for y'all or something.' And uh, or something like that. I don't know, but I know it has to be something. Like they have to be born after the second impact. Like something happened on the second impact that all humans that came afterwards, they're like something different about them. Like they have a, they have like half a soul or something like that. Oh. I think. Cause yeah, cause I was wondering too, cause they mentioned um, that Ray has already been a pilot for like a year, at least a year. So that means that she was 13 when she started piloting. Um, so I guess if, if all you have to do is be younger than, um, second impact, I guess that makes sense. But Ray is different in general. Like Ray is just special because Ray is not Ray, but is Ray, but is not. Yeah. You know, she's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She is a kid, but isn't a kid. I don't know. So, yeah. So, so Shinji fails. Um, and then we cut to a peaceful hospital scene. Um, we see, uh, we see the Ava in pieces getting taken away by, um, like a cleaning crew. Um, and then we meet Seal for the first time. I don't know if they're called Seal yet. Um, and then I guess my question is like, are they surprised that the angel appears or they knew it was going to appear? They knew like day was going to appear or they're like, oh, we know at some point the angel's going to appear. And then, um, this idea of dis- disinformation. Um, and then there was this last line where they, where they mentioned the human in- instrumentality project, but then they're saying um, it needs to like work, but then somebody says like for us. Um, and then if that starts filling in some of like what we talked about last time, I guess the question is like all these different agendas. Um, what, what do people know? What don't people know? Um, is it all like does Seal already know everything that there's gonna be 18 angels? Um, that all of this is just um, delaying the the inevitability 
or the idea that like what if a previous angel was successful like what if the third angel managed to get to Lilith is that still part of the plan or it was always going to be the way it happened um I'll go for a little bit at least because as far as I know seal and nerve and then the previous organization Gehirn which means brain in German fun yes fact. and nerve uh, means nerve yeah. <laughs> um oh, yeah. but like those three company like or, like agencies kind of together are in on it but each agency has a different understanding of what's happening and so they're kind of like glued together but i think geheron is the one that turned into seal to be like it but like you know like took away some people so that they could take like have more secrets and then seal became because geheron's out of the picture now that's who uh akagi akagi is yes. that who it is? yeah right no uh i if i remember correctly i think misato's dad was part of like the well, he was part of Gehirn. Expedition, yeah, the expedition yeah. to and, the thing. And so was Akagi's mom. Yes. Yes, and so then, and then, and then that trickled down, and so then they're both in nerd. Well, and then no, Akagi did join. Yes. Oh, this is getting like so I'm such a fucking nerd. Uh, so Akagi did join <laughs> Gehirn first as soon as she got out of college, and I think Max just to go back to a little bit because I think the main character in that play is actually Doctor Akagi because she knows a lot she knows a lot of what's going on she has a lot of the secrets and like and she knows that like i think even in the first she's episode, one of the main players like yeah she's she like i mean she knows how to work the computer like in like the only other person who did that was her mom and then like and then that real weird relationship that they both have with ikari and then like misato and her relationship they're friends but then like akagi kind of looks down on misato because i think she has the information i think that's the tension that plays is that misato is learning the information akagi already has it and knows what's happening and she's kind of playing i, I would almost say she's like she's it seems like she's playing for herself but not like she's almost the only person that's like trying to be like hey let's not all become goo like we don't need to all be goo like let's just chill and then like and then ikari is like the one i think who's really pulling the strings behind seal because seal's a bunch of like capitalist as what I'm understanding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um yes, this is the first time that we hear about the human instrumentality project. And I love how fast these little sequences happen. They just like oh. they just go and you're like, oh I think SEAL and these organizations. Um so we have no from what I remember is Gehern uh after Akagi's mom's death, uh it like Ritsuko Ritsuko's mom dies, then they change the name of Nerve from being like a brain to the executive branch of SEAL, which is now Nerve. Like, and then like, I think that's how it goes. And they, they call it like Nerve is the executive arm of SEAL, but it's being handled by Gendo. And it's called Nerve because, you know, one, it's like the one that does the things, right? It's not the one that thinks, but the one that does. So Nerve is like the executive arm of SEAL. And I think, let me see what you add. What was the question that you say about like, uh, about, oh, like sealed surprise. I think they always knew like there's, they had like a big idea of what it was that was going to happen because of the Dead Sea Scrolls and stuff like that. But I think they're only delaying 
this inevitable thing. Like they know it's going to happen. It's like kind of like prophecy, destiny, like all these weird ideas of like godhood and stuff like that. It's going to happen. You cannot stop it. But like throughout the whole series, I think what they want to do is like them be in control of the moment of like when, when instrumentality happens or like when, uh, like the contact between the gods and shit happens. I think that's what they want to do. It's be in the middle of it, like be in control of it. That's why they have like the Eva series, um, uh, you know, like all these things. And I feel like they always knew and Gendo knew, but it's like this game of not even chess. I think it's called uh, Go. Uh, it's like this game of Go, right? Where you have like several, it's not like this frontal to front, it's not like this frontal to frontal attack, right? Kind of like chess is. And I think it's like all these different venues of attacking, like advancing and stuff like that, like a way more complicated like strategy game, which is mentioned eventually in like the rebuild, um, the rebuild uh, series. It's like reference in that game. But yeah, going back to it. Uh, I think they always knew, like, they knew what was going to happen, and this is, like, the first time we see Seal, and I love how fast they show it, like, it, 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 I think it's, like, very distracting, like, you have, like, these very obvious, like, people of power sitting on, like, you know, the conference table, and you're like, oh, these are the bad guys, um, and then they mention things, and then, like, the first time I saw it, it just, like, poof, just, like, went by, and then, look, robots, you know, he was like, oh, cool. I forgot about the other things. And I think that's like, it's like, I think it's like this organization that is like the zenith of power in the world. Like that's the only reason why they're able to like fund and create nerve. And it's not gonna be to protect, like to protect humanity, like fuck that. They're gonna have like their own plans. They're gonna have like their own agenda. And like by the end we realize that, yeah, they wanted to rise to godhood and then being like in the middle of it you know and i think that's like fascinating i think it's like fascinating like the length of the idea of like the scene of the human power and like how corrupt they are because we never think about a narrative or like at least when i create like a fictional power i'm like oh yeah it's evil right we never go to like the other side of like what power can do because, um, yeah, that'll, that, I still have more questions, but I'll get into those questions at a different point. Um, and then it makes me think, like, is Seal ultimately doing what I think every other character in the show is doing on different ways, but, like, this idea of wanting to escape pain? Um, but I think I have a different question later that'll, like, come to, like, what's behind um, the show. Um, but, yeah, we can, we can get back to that. Um, but so yes, yeah, Shinji she sees Ray in the hospital. Um, does she smile at him? Um, and then yeah, is Misato the only one that cares about Shinji? Um, the whole city employed as angel of defense. Kind of answered that question earlier. <clears throat> um, and there's an awkward moment with Shinji and his dad. I think Misato sees that um, Shinji's dad doesn't really care about him. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the elevator scene. And, um, then Masato, I think, finds out about Sinji's uh, situation, that he lives alone, um, which also means, like, so has he been alone? Like, where did where was he living before this? Like, his dad wasn't there. His mom's already dead. 
So was he just like living alone somewhere else? And then, um, yeah, Misato steps up. Um, he starts living with him. But then also based on our, like, our last conversation of uh, this being a shojin. And then I was like, oh, does that, is that like a, is that, is that not like a trope within it? These like young boys living with um, adult women. And I was like, is that a, like a shojin dream? Um, and then they, yeah, they take in the city, this fortress against angels. Um, I like that I, that um, imagery of like a fortress against angels and Shinji as a defender. But yeah, um, I guess thoughts. Shinji lived with a teacher when he wasn't living with his dad. That's one thing I did know, fun fact. Uh, and uh, I'm curious about, I also am kind of curious about the, the older, attractive woman living with the 14-year-old boy. I feel like I've seen something like that in Dragon Ball Z too, or that Dragon Ball Z just features like young-looking male things, individuals with some very well-endowed adult-looking female-presenting individuals. I, I did not watch Dragon Ball Z though, so I don't know much about it, but yeah, I'm curious about it too. Well, I mean, one of the main characters, I mean, and this is not Dragon Ball Z, but Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball started when a woman comes looking for Goku, and it's Bulma, and Goku's small and a kid, and Bulma's like a teenager, and they, like, they pair up. That's how the show, whole show starts. It's like, I'm looking for something called Dragon Balls. And, and like, you have one. And it's like, this was my grandpa, blah, 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 blah. And, and so on and so on. But yeah, I think definitely that is a trope. I'm not, like, I'm not very knowledgeable of anime. I'm just like crazy about Eva. My my anime friends just give me so much shit about it. Uh, but then again, I tell them like recommend me something, and they recommend me, and I'm like that was shit. I'm sorry, but that was not cool. Like you did not recommend me a cool thing, but they have like very few things. So yeah, I don't know. I I think it can be. I think it can be like like one of those things because you know, fan service, and we talked about what fan service means in anime. And yes, Chiji was living with his teacher, which I think it's weird. Why do you think it's weird that you'd be living with your teacher? I don't, I feel like it's kind of like a, like I'm wondering, like it felt so normal, and I wonder if this is like maybe like a Japanese thing, like in the 90s that I just don't know about, like culturally, where it's like, oh yeah, like, your dad has to go work in a different city and your mom's dead. Like you got to live with somebody. So here's the teacher. Like you look, they're going to make sure you get to school on time. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I just, I, I it feels so glossed over and like not really about anything, but I think even there's like some of the manga goes into depth about like maybe a little bit into depth about like what, uh, living with that teacher was like beforehand, like just changes before, like a little bit more. I don't know. It's really weird. I just don't. It's all weird. These are some weird people. Yeah, and like, yeah, Yeah. I think like the relationship between like Shinji and his dad, which is like non existent, uh, like it's so. I think it's like, I think like Gendo said it at the end, right? It's like, I was just so afraid of. Like, I can't raise a child. Like, I can't do that. I'm not built for that shit. I'm sorry. Like, I just was so afraid I will hurt him that I just hurt him by not trying to hurt him. 
it goes um, in um we're gonna mention this a little bit later but um the hedgehog dilemma oh yes okay we can we can, we can skip there so yeah it's like episode three i think <laughs> the hedgehog dilemma is like my shit i tried to put in my thesis paper like i really tried to oh be my like, god me too right no for real like it's a good thing in my like literally my teacher was like you can't do that like i had a whole i had a really good paragraph that was like neon genesis evangelion is blah blah but you know like a good summary like academic and then to be like reference in neon genesis like is this hedgehog dilemma and how like you know whatever and they're like you just need to explain the hedgehog dilemma you don't have to talk about ava i was like but it's so important <laughs> i know like i went through the same thing i but then if you see my bibliography, it's the first thing because his name is Hideakiano, so it starts with an A. So he's the first one, like on top, even though he's not referenced throughout any of the of the real pieces. I, I was like done that. That's what oh, I did. I, oh, I should have. I should have, should have. I was thinking about rewriting the paper and then just being like, no, I'm gonna fucking talk about anime. Like and just like have that be the official unofficial paper, the one that's not published, but I'll be like, this is what the art's about, just neon genesis. <laughs> Yeah, like I could have done that, but I was like, no, this going to, I need to find some other sources to say the same thing. And it's like in a book or something, because that's what they're asking for. Um, yeah, shit. Okay. This could be like a whole other thing. Sources you can't use because people look down on them. Like, yes. Yeah, that's a, it's a long conversation about art school critique. Yeah. Value and hierarchies. Yeah. Um, Masato. Uh, so yeah, we go to we go we go to Masato's apartment. She's only recently moved in. Um, again, this show is use of shots of silhouettes. Um, there's a beautiful shot of like the hallway, um, leading up to her door, and then there's this really like slow, powerful moment where Shinji is outside the door. Um, the moment he steps over the the portal, the threshold, the doorway into uh, Masato's home. And then um, he's home, right? Is this his first home? Um, a couple episodes later, it kind of comes back around. Um, but then we see, then we see, yeah, the the way Misato lives versus maybe Shinji's expectations of uh, what an adult should be living like. Um, <laughs> and then yeah, like maybe he was like, okay, I'm maybe I am ready to, for somebody to start like taking care of me and caring for me. And then he sees what Masato's life's like and he's like oh yeah maybe she's not capable of uh taking care of me in those ways um I'll have to take care of myself <laughs> yeah and then I feel like it's, it's very typical roommate stuff a chore chart um the dreaded chore chart of any shared household um and then yeah we meet <laughs> one of my favorite characters we meet the second roommate um, penguin, <laughs> the warm water penguin um, I think, you know, he doesn't get enough attention, but the idea, yeah, that this natural disaster happened, a meteorite struck or an uh, angel awoken, and now the, there's no Antarctica, um, the entire um, ecosystem's messed up, so now penguins are warm water um, and roommates. Yo, are they, <laughs> his little, what's his little pack? Like, he has, like, tech, like, he's a, he's a cyborg penguin. Like, what is that? Like, does, do, do you, do either of you know about that? Always I always thought it was like a backpack, you know? But why would a penguin need a backpack? I don't know, anime. I mean, Antarctica's gone. Maybe, maybe it's his last mementos, his last piece of ice from Antarctica. Maybe. I don't know. Oof, I, love, so I really like that idea that the backpack is just like holding some Antarctica ice. 
that's so sad. <laughs> um, but yeah, he seems annoyed about Shinji. Um, and then there's bath time. Uh, Shinji thinks about Masato, about Ray, about his father. Um, then we flash back to Nerve. We see uh, the other Ava malfunctioned, um, going back to the idea of water, baths, LCL. And we get a flashback to the battle that um, was cut away. Um, I, think it's in, I think it's interesting too that every angel looks differently. So for the, this first angel, um, kind of looks like an Ava, a little humanoid. Um, it has arms, legs, a body, um, you know, different than how the other ones look. But um, Shinji fails, and then the Ava um, seems to take over um, what they call going berserk. The Ava activates seemingly without power, um, and then this time it appears to be more human than machine. Um, it beats the AT fields of the enemy angel. Um, the angel self-destructs. The Ava is left unharmed, and it seems that Gindo is the only one unsurprised by the true nature. Even um, Akagi seemed a little surprised that the angel that the angel went berserk. Maybe I mean I mean yeah, that I remember that I remember like, that drawing, which is like, is like what the fuck? Yeah. Like I think she like theoretically she knew, like yeah, it could happen, but like seeing it, how would you be like what? Okay, um, can I, I just want to add something that uh, this there's this. Um, there's this beautiful way. I think like these two episodes are just like, it's like amazing how they're able to like tell a whole story. Um, because I think like those two episodes should have like gone together. But like how is episode one ends and then you go and start like the second one and you don't get to see this, the conclusion of the battle, but you get to see the aftermath of it and change is all weird, and you're like still knowing these characters, and then you get to see what happened. And I think well, the transition from like Shinji in his bed, like finally resting, awoke, like he woke up from like a weird coma that he was in or something. Then he goes home, moves in, and it's like everything is new. I don't know if you ever move. I mean, I haven't. I don't know if any of you have moved uh, during like traumatic circumstances, and I think it's like very slow, that episode was very slow, kind of happy with Misato and drinking and sharing, and blah, 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 and like all these things. And then he takes a bath, goes to sleep, he's laying on bed, and when like everything goes silent, boom, boom, boom. And bad, like, like the flashback comes back, right? I was like, oh my God, this kid is like all PTSD. Um, and yeah, like that, I feel like how that was handled like narratively, it, it made no sense to anyone be like, yeah, and then we're going to tell all this story, and then by the end, we're going to tell, show the battle. And I was like, no, everyone wants to see the battle. Why are you showing at the end? You know? And I think, like, that way of showing that is, like, I think it was, like, done, like, masterfully, and I, I, I just love it. But, uh, yeah, like, seeing the aftermath of this fight, but not seeing the fight, I think it's more powerful by what the end, like, you realize, oh, what is this robot thing? I don't know. And like this weird human thing with an eye. I just think it's like, it sets the tone like perfectly, I think. That eye opening up was, was pretty damn wild. I, I agree with you. I was going to say something too as well about like the, like I think 
I was going to say that, like, we don't get any action until that point, which is kind of a lie because we get to see that Ava getting bombed in the beginning and all that good stuff, but, like, like good shonen action, you know, like, kind of, like, as a shonen show, you would think it would be in the first episode, but it's at the very end of the second episode. Um, and even then, like, I think it, like, it doesn't come back for, like, a second. Like, it feels a little slow at first, which is so interesting. Um, but the eye-opening part, I think, is also what freaked me out the first time I saw it was just, like, I didn't understand it. Also, especially since it was so yonic, I guess is, like, the word to use. Like, just so vaginal and how, like, it opened everything up. And it was just, like, and then it's an eyeball that just fucking looks at you. And then the screaming, Shinji scream. Like, I've heard it sampled now on so many, like, lo-fi tracks on YouTube, but, like, that, like, just that scream that he does is just so, like, kind of, like, I don't know, it does, it does touch your heart somewhere deep down. You're like, ooh, I feel it. Yeah, it's unnerving, specifically, like, the one on the movie where he's, like, Vieva's, like, fully awake and he's just like, ah, you're like, oh, God. Yeah, it's a very strong scream. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with both of you and just, yeah, echoing those sentiments, I think, um, what makes me appreciate Ava more as a show is that, um, it really isn't about the action. Yeah, like, there's, like, badass parts and stuff like that, but, um, that I feel like it's secondary to, like, the story and to these characters and to the narrative, um, and I think that's something I really appreciate is that, like, um, like, almost, like, aware countering of um, just this like constant action that may seem shallow. Um, it makes it seem it makes it seem so much more real because it isn't just like, oh, here's another battle, here's another battle, here's another battle. And then also like with other shows, I'll think about like Gundam Wing specifically. It seems like these kids never get affected by it. You know, there's like, oh, I just destroyed 20 robots and like whatever. And but yeah, here it's like everything has a cost and everything has a price and a weight. And um, I think, yeah, you definitely, you definitely feel that, the trauma of being a, an Ava pilot. So yeah, that's how episode two ends. Um, Shinji loses it. And then um, we go on to episode three. And then, cause so I, I've watched Ava on Netflix, but I've also downloaded the show and watched it. Um, so the file I downloaded for the show had a episode three titled The Phone That Never Rings. And then Netflix had the uh, has the title "The Silent Phone," which um, I guess kind of the same thing, but in some ways they're not. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> you could uh, your silent phone could ring all the time and just be silent, but um, a phone that doesn't ring is different, I think. Um, but yeah, so word gets around school that Shinji's an Ava pilot. His classmate Toji resents him for it. An angel appears. Shinji must pilot again must pilot in combat again um so yeah episode three starts with shinji running through ava tests it seems like he's starting to like um get more comfortable with it um it's starting to be a little normal um akagi with uh, the stinging i felt like this was like a really stinging moment like he does what he's told it makes his life easier um and then yeah um we see yeah more shinji masato does uh does Masato provide love to Shinji or is it more attempted love um it's been two weeks since the last angel battle since the last um episode um and then yeah so this, we're catching up with the characters um and it's a conversation between Masato and uh, Akagi about Shinji about Shinji being a, lo a loner 
um, not having any friends, nobody calling him, nobody wanting to hang out with him. Um, and then that's the first time we hear the story of the hedgehog dilemma of uh, the AT fields. I love, I love the hedgehog's dilemma. I'm going to say it because I can't. Hedgehog's dilemma is when hedgehogs in the winter want to get close to each other because they want to get warm, but then their tiny prickly bodies just stab each other so they can't do it, so then they separate. And the metaphor is that humans do this as well. And so, like, if, you know, if I, like, slap Ruben, you know, he doesn't want to be my friend anymore, but then he won't want to be friends with anybody ever because he could possibly get slapped by, the, you know, like, that's kind of the idea which in through my thesis research I was like okay and I think even through Shinji's traumatic experience you come to a different conclusion about this dilemma towards the end but I think it's very very nice especially I mean of course he used it on purpose but super nice for this series just because of how like they just can't fucking get along like they can't just sit down and have a mediated conversation about like the issues like maybe Gendo should have done that at first like Shinji I've been gone. <laughs> I've been gone for uh, you know, three years. You know, they could have talked about it, but you know, Gendo got scared. I think he's even just too sad that his wife is dead and like went to this damn robot that he has to value so much more than his child now because he loved his wife more than his child. That's just point blank. Like I don't even I won't even dock him for that, to be really honest. Genji. Just I went off a little bit there, but that's a hedgehog's dilemma, and that's why it's important to Ava, because the AT fields slapping up against each other anyway yeah like i always love how i think Kaoru is the one that uh, says it that like the at fields are like the window to the soul or something like that and also like every human has one and it's like the thing that gives us form basically like it's the thing that doesn't makes us be like without a body like the AT feel is the thing that gives us like our body. It was like the delimitation of uh, it's like the delimitation of I and you, and the I I like I can't go through you, right? And then I think it's like in the headship dilemma you get hurt. I think there's like parallels when in the headship dilemma if you get close to people you get hurt, but the AT feel is basically saying like you can never get close. Like, you can never, like, you know, not, like, you can hug someone really hard and you can, like, kiss someone really hard, but it's basically, like, you can never, like, go beyond that, like, physically, right? It's just, like, friction. It's, like, there's always going to be this friction. And for me, like, the AT feels is this way of saying you can never, like, truly be in contact with anyone because it's just, like, two walls touching. That's how I always felt like the AT field, well, AT fields were. But then again, like the angels and the Ava, they have like extremely powerful AT fields that they were to like, you know, use them like as a weapon. But yeah, I see like that reference between like that uh, relationship between like the headshot dealing and the AT fields. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, like upon, obviously, I think. Um, Maybe Ruben, you told me um, about what the author or the writer was going through before I ever watched the show. Um, what was it like a divorce or a death or something? He was just like overworked and incredibly depressed. 
and like the first six episodes you can see it and then they turn like lighting up he lighting up and then by the end of like episode 12 and 13 he was like guys if i don't put what i'm going through in the show i'm gonna kill myself and he was like okay and then it shows again you know it's like shows up again he was just like overworked and incredibly depressed because i think yeah like i feel like when i think about this show i feel like that's the core of it is this hedgehog dilemma is this at fields is this um ideas of hurt of hurt people um either from relations because i think a lot of this show has like a lot of fucked up relationships um that are more so like familial and like some that are romantic but it seems like a lot of like absentee parents um is something that a lot of characters deal with in the show and um, not being able to relate to each other and then there's a few that have like um romantic issues but still this relationship between people um then yeah this idea of escape you can you can keep i just i had a thought but i can wait for you to finish no you could go go for it oh i was gonna well i think the there's also the emotional parallel between the children and the adults and how the children are kind of experiencing like especially since all of these kids have no moms so like they all collectively do it but they are having a much harder time like you can see it especially between the three like ray asuka and Shinji have a much harder time of trying to empathize and relate with each other than the adults do. Whereas the adults have like, it's almost like, I almost feel like it's like a kind of a symbolism with puberty kind of thing where like the kids, like this is their first hurt. So they don't like feel like it's the end of the world. Whereas the adults have been through like Misato, like she had really bad issues with her dad and then, uh, you know, really hated her dad, but then her dad died. And then she went to date, what's his face. And then, she was like, oh my God, you're like my dad broke up and then get back together. But like, she's like in that hole, which is later, but like that whole scene, she's like reflecting and like growing, which we don't get to see as much from Rei, Asuka or Shinji just because, like, I don't know if it's because it's post-impact kind of thing or if it is just because they're children. I think it's because they're children. <laughs> I really like that idea of uh, describing Ava or instrumentality as like a, a teenager's first heartbreak. I think that's like a really like interesting lens to put it on because then it is like, it really is the end of the world. And it's like, yeah, like for these 14 year old kids, like, you know, <laughs> that's a lot. it's like heavy and it's like, you know, my, the world might as well end. I hope a meteor comes and crushes me, like that whole vibe. Um, but yeah, like these AT fields, um, escaping pain, um, yeah, then I guess, uh, yeah, the idea of like that it's just like these hurt and that is relationships and then um, is is the AT field the individual? Is it individualism? Is it um, individuality? Um, is a human body an AT field? And like through leaving our individuality, you know, becoming a LCL is the only way outside of the AT fields. Um, and then um, it makes me think, I think I wanted to bring this up last time, but I either we ran out of time or I didn't think about it. But um, there's that uh, a story. Um, I feel like I forget who says it, but it's like a, a Greek um, story from like one of Plato's uh, symposiums or from Plato's symposium, but about like the origin of love. Y'all know that story? Um, about like how humans came to be or why humans... Um, the clay people rolling around? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, if you ever see a movie called Hedwig and the Angry Inch, they like um, do a song about it in like a music video. But it's the idea that humans were born um, with four legs and four arms and um, like as if it was two humans with their backs glued against each other. And this is how humans were used to exist and we used to be like happy and complete. And then um, the gods got jealous of our completeness and then they, um, they divided us in half. And then so real humans are like four-legged and four-armed, but um, us being like two-legged people are actually just half, half of our whole selves. And the whole idea of humanity or love is trying to fill this hole that we can never fill because we can never truly reattach ourselves with another human again. Um, and it's like, that's what longing is, or love is just longing. Um, but yeah, this idea of like something preventing us from truly ever like knowing um, someone else or like always being within our own prison, I guess. Yeah. I think, I think AT fields are a, like a multiplicity of things. I like how you said, like, it's like kind of like the body and then also like this like literal force. But I think that's like the main reason where like, again, where Hedgehog Summit does come in is that like, well, we will never, like, I can never know somebody, what somebody's thinking or know somebody fully and wholly and like completely just because like I am me. So if I were to become this goo, because becoming LCL, the Human Instrumentality Project is like the um, dissolution, dissolvement, like the takeaway of all the AT fields in the world. And then that's the point of it. Cause like, that's like where Shinji gets seduced, I guess, to kind of like let it happen. It's like, don't you want to be one with me? You know, and they even go into it with like Misato, the way that she finds one again with that friction, which I think is both like a clean word and a dirty word, but like Misato took friction in the dirty way. And that's how she copes with life, you know, rather than like Shinji, who's like just trying to get close with anybody, regardless of, it is you know kind of thing but yeah like it's like this it's that I love that part about learning about Ava is that like that the AT field this like scientific thing they invented is actually just like me and my being and myself and like how much I can't be with you your being and yourself but we can try and that's the point of trying <laughs> or like living is to try yeah no I like that so yeah so with the episode um, we see school for the first time. We hear about um, school. We hear that after the first angel attack, um, less students are coming back. A lot of people moved out um, of the city. Um, and then, yeah, and then we hear the teacher telling the meteor lie, the meteorite lie to the class. Um, and then this is also when the class finds out Shinji um, is the pilot and everyone's interested. Um, but then we also see Ray in the classroom, finally out of the hospital, all bandaged up. Um, and it seems like people know she's an Ava pilot too, potentially already. But then it seems like she doesn't get any um, fanfare or like celebrity treatment. Because she's so icy. <laughs> she's just like, no, yes fuck off you know like that's kind of her whole shtick with I also like in this part that they're on their little computers com you know they're high-tech computers <laughs> uh yeah greatest greatest part of that whole scene uh but yeah I don't 
I think in a later episode, because I tried to, I've been trying to rewatch the Ava series to prepare for this podcast, but then we'll try and watch with somebody and we'll get through like maybe the first two episodes and then they like are already asleep and I'm mad. And so, you know, I like just decided to like skip the first four and jump to like the fifth and sixth one. And like, there's a part where like, there's this swimsuit scene that everybody's ogling and like people are like poking fun at Shinji and uh, Ray and they're like, relationship because they're both pilots like I think they just ship them together anyway because they are pilots but like I don't know it's yeah they have a lot of weird the school stuff is weird I don't think I needed the school stuff in this series as much as it was there fan service what's it called like slice of life kind of shit like yeah. it feels like very forced very like out of place I feel like to keep with the tone of the show they they, they should have just kept changing like isolated like I don't know. I feel like it doesn't fit at all with like all of the show. But I think like in order to bring like the headshot dilemma, if that was like the point of it, because that is that episode is like the headshot dilemma is brought up in that episode is like, and also like to give like a I think like the kids like a form of like normalcy. I guess like yeah, you know, the world is is like flooded and there's weird angels, but here go to school. Um, but then again, I feel like it mimics what is happening right now and like how people are like very, open up the schools. It's like, it's not a good idea. I don't care. Open them. Like, ah, shit. <laughs> you know? So I feel like it parallels that right now. So I'd be like, should there even be any schools right there? Just like an angel attack and kind of destroy like half the city with like a giant explosion? I don't know. Maybe we should just like hold back with the schools right now. Um, but yeah, uh, I think like it's kind of out of like, I've never been like fan of like Slice of Life. That I they have like a whole spin-off series with Ava where I think we're the like chibi characters, but like it's all about them in school. Like and it's just school. And like that's it. And like it's like apparently like one of the cuter versions of Neon Genesis and it's like kind of nice. Like it has good reviews I've heard. I haven't seen it. But like yeah, just don't like I love Slice of Life and I'm like that does not fit with all of this. Like we could have done like a, just a like smidge less. Like even this like little fight scene that they have going on. Cause I think that's in this episode, right? Yeah. Where he punched, yeah, he gets like punched in the face because like my sister got hurt. It's like, yeah, well, a bunch of other people died too. So suck up buttercup. But anyway, like, <laughs> I just like, it's like this, like, I don't know. Like that, I guess that helps later on the, like in the series too, when um, the, the angel, the Ava and the angel become one together kind of thing and like that ploy, like there's like, there's purpose to the school scenes, but like almost unnecessary. I don't know, I guess we need the punch. I don't really like the punch. It feels like some weird like little boy shit, but maybe that's cause it is a little boy show, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, um, that's interesting that y'all y'all feel that way. I didn't... I hadn't thought about that, about the school scenes. I thought them unnecessary. Um, but I, I could see that, like, oh, we just have, like, Ray and Shinji in, like, the rooms they're in or, like, doing experiments or training all the time. Um, yeah, well, that's interesting. Um, yeah, also, I have to say, like, I think this episode was, like, animated by, a, by another studio. And it looks like shit. Like, I remember there's, like, some weird looking faces um there's like several episodes like look like crap yeah, throughout the series um and some of and i i think when we get to it i'll mention it i think it's like episode 12 or 13 or 11 i remember that one's animated with studio ghibli and it shows 
like definitely it shows yeah um so yeah as onyx already mentioned um outside of school uh toji punches uh, shinji for being an ava pilot for uh um toji's sister was injured while um a lot of people died <laughs> and then um and then yeah we we jump to the second angel attack and this is uh yeah the second time we see an angel and then this angel is looking like a bug a sea creature um it looks snaky sometimes um <laughs> how would you how would y'all describe this angel is that the one that's like the like it flutters in and then like kind of comes up and is like I, yeah. I can't remember what that one it's the one that's like yeah. it's like this and it like rises yeah, up and has, has like, like the, laser whips oh the le- oh that that all right that guy he got I mean, okay, I've been cussing a lot. It's fine if I cuss, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he got fucked up. Like, he, like, like, once, like, the, and then, like, I, that's the one where he grabs it and pulls him close and, like, punches him, and then, like, all this stuff. Oh, God, that was the wildest. I like that fight scene, I think, the best. All the other ones were, like, meh, except for maybe the, the, the toxic one with the brain psychological guy, because they're, like, the weird hallelujah music. But, like, yeah, <laughs> this guy... He's wild with his little laser arm. He's just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the second angel appears. Um, the uh, the two kids. Um, I, I forget the other kid's name. Koji, um, Toji's friend, um, the nerdy one with the glasses. So, I just that's who he is. <laughs> yeah, I think he's based off of one of the characters from like Nadia Secret of the Blue Water. Because it's identical, even like the glasses and everything. But I don't remember his name. Sasuke. Just, Sasuke? No? I don't. Sasuke, I, he's the nerdy one with the glasses. Like, he's like, I want to pilot it. I want to pilot an Ava. Yeah. Yeah. So, so him and Koji, they're in the shelters. And then it seems like they know where to go find the Avas. So they go spy on the fight um, get caught in the crossfire. Um, Misato tells Shinji to bring him into the cockpit, so they hide in the cockpit and um, watch as Shinji uh, tears apart this angel. Um, Shinji cries from exertion. Um, we get some hallway shots. We really get a feeling of uh, this big, empty city, and um, the episode ends. Episode four, rain after running away. Stressed out following his last battle, Shinji runs away from home, meets... Um, Kinsuke after Nerve brings him back and Misato offers him a choice. <clears throat> so so the episode starts, Misato finds out Shinji has run away. She like wakes up, he's not there. Um, his friends from school show up. Um, they're looking for Shinji, they don't find him. They meet Misato for the first time and they both um, crush hard. I think they just realize how envious they are of Shinji's life. Again, I think the young boy fantasy trope you pilot robots and you live with a grown woman. Um, then we see, yeah, Misato finds out he hasn't been at school. She gets upset. Shinji, we see Shinji on the train. Um, I, I really like this episode for the visuals. For like, it's really quiet and slow. It's really beautiful. Um, yeah, we see Shinji listen to music. Um, he has his headphones in. He rides to the end of the line. We see him in the movie theater sleeping on benches. Um, 
Shinji's alone, Misato's alone. Um, I definitely feel more sympathy for Shinji on this viewing, less of him as like a, a whiny baby and more like this is really overwhelming. Um, I guess maybe my first question, uh, what, what does Shinji listen to? We see Shinji with headphones in a lot. Um, what kind of, if he listens to music, what kind of music is it? Does he listen to podcasts? What, is, what does Shinji listen to? I don't think, I, I don't know. I kept trying to figure that out too. Like I, I would expect like to have at least that music. Like, I feel like that's usually like a, a, a trick that people who make stuff use, like video sound stuff is like to kind of like play with the music as it's part of you to give you the perspective, right? You know, we never really hear his music. I think what we do here is like the echoes of it and it honestly sounds like Japanese like pop music that would have been popular in the 90s or 80s. Yeah, which I is like, I think he's just listening to whatever is popular. Maybe he, like, I feel like that's like, because I do, there's something you can hear just like, like this very like question. You can hear like a, like the little beat, right? It's like an upbeat, like an upbeat music in this very sad environment that he's in. Like, for example, I do agree with, with Max on this one. It's one of my favorite ones. Like, story-wise, not a lot happens, but visually, like, uh, right the train and you see it getting emptier and emptier. The first time I saw it, I did not see Shinji sleeping on the bench. Like, it just, like, flew over me. And then, like, when I catched it eventually, like, there, after repeated viewings, it just, like, kind of like felt like it crushed my heart a little bit. I was like, oh my God, he's like sleeping on the street, just like there. Um, and I think they changed that because in the rebuild, uh, in the rebuild movies, uh, they changed the shot. So it's very obvious that he's sleeping like on the street. Because if I remember correctly, the shot is like he's sleeping on the bench and it's very dark and he's sitting right next to a vending machine and the vending machine is really bright. And I didn't see Chinji's body in the shot. Um, but, ah, fuck it, fuck, fuck, what was I saying? Uh, I lost it, I lost it, whoever, please take talking over. About, you were talking about how this, that this episode doesn't have a lot to do, uh, story-wise, but, like, it's visually, and then you're going into, like, how you missed this, like, that, the, the going around, and then you missed the sleeping part, but, like, that oh, it yeah. made you feel type of way. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And then the music. So I feel like the little music that you hear in these very sad environments, but some of them very beautiful. Like I think like there's a feel of flowers at some moment when he's like getting lost. Um, I think like it, it, the music there is like very contrasting to what is happening. It's like very sad, but you can seem to like very kind of like happy music, very um, like popular happy music. So maybe he'd be like trying to get himself out of that, but like so overwhelmed and like hurt by I think like feeling the punches of the angels and like I think that's something that we haven't touched is like the pilot feels the pain of like the punches and like all these things right so it must suck to have like this kind of like phantom pain of being like scored scored how do you say that like when they skewered, skewered. yeah like he got skewered by that thing and he like well, he has like this phantom pain of like being like you know skewered. Um and I think that's like something like it kinda hurts and you're just like, oh my god, this kinda sucks. And he's like, fuck this, I'm out. And I think like Max's point of like 
make us even question what he's listening. I'm like, it would be such an interesting like um, view to change his mind, like heart and stuff like that. Never thought about it. Yeah, so so we don't think it's like thrash metal, anything like that, just contemporary pop of uh, that time. Yeah, uh, I think so. I, I would think I think you might be have like some taste of smooth jazz. I think also just the fact that it's one, it's one tape. Like I don't think I ever have seen him get a new tape. It seems to be this. So he ha- it's like it's a crutch. You know, first of all, it's probably like if it's a happy music, then like I also totally get that. Like I listen to Future Funk, so it's like the if we remix what Chinji's listening to right now, then I would be listening to it. And the, like saddest moments, I'll be crying about like something, and I'll listen to that. And it's like, oh, okay, like I'm so like trying to get out of it, but like also like it's definitely because it just goes and it clicks, and then it plays back on the other side and goes and it clicks and it plays. You know, like I just it's always that for him. So it's it's the same music. So it can't be like the super pop, but it's something that he like definitely is clinging on to for dear life, de- like hardcore. Yeah. That's such Funny. a good point, because, like, I guess I wasn't even thinking about that. I was thinking, like, contemporarily, I was like, oh, yeah, like, a phone or an iPod. I wasn't even thinking, oh, he's listening to a cassette tape. So there's, like, yeah, like, at most 14 songs on there. It's probably, yeah, 26. One band. That's, like, a funny thing. There's 26 songs, and there's only 26 episodes. That's, like, yeah. one of the theories that's been going around in the rebuild. Like, there's, like, 26 episodes on the main series and there's like this tape that goes on a loop back and forth, back and forth. And then on the new movies and the rebuild, there's tr- it starts in track 27. So it's like, there's like some weird things that's been going on about that. But yeah, there's only like 26 songs on there or something. But yeah, it's like, it's a weird thing. Like I have one of those uh, cassette players actually like those and actually, it's Japanese. I use it to record my voice so I don't forget things because I'm a forgetful old person. Here you can see it. It's kind of cute. It's like, it's in your hand. Uh, oh, what was this so bad? Oh, wait. So maybe, like, you, like, when you bring that up, it makes me think that maybe he's not even listening to music. Maybe it's like a recording of somebody. Like, what if it's his mom's voice that he's, like, listening to all the time? Because he doesn't remember his mama, like, at all. How old was he when his mom died? Like, she, well, she was, he was two. Two or three, yeah. Okay. Because she didn't die at second impact. She died after the second impact, right? Yeah. When she went to become Ava. (laughs) Yeah, she died in the contact experiments. Was, okay, but was it an experiment or an intent? No, it was intentional. Like, she knew that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Like she knew from the start and didn't tell Gendo. That's why Gendo's like all obsessed and shit. Oh. I'm telling you, <laughs> Julie. I'm, I'm telling you, Julie is like the mastermind here. She's the one like, that's, you know how they say like in a con, like you need to get on top of it? Like she's the one on top of the whole game. Like she's like, like oh, oh I yeah. know what's going on. Like I'm just going to play all of you. Um, oh, yeah. she's definitely like the mastermind conspirator, which again, like, I think that's why she might be the most selfish one in this whole series. But like, I, I think we already had a tiny, tiny debate about that. Like, she could be doing it for good things. I think she's just like, I want to live forever. Fuck this. <laughs> yeah, so um, the next part, this is still like a, uh, 
like adjacent to the actual episode, but I thought about this when I was watching this episode. Masato's red jacket. I kept thinking about that. And then I was like, why do I, what do I think about that? Then it, I finally clicked on it. I was like, it reminds me exactly of Kaneda's red jacket from Akira. Is that just like the animation style of that time period? Is this an intentional um, influence back and forth? Are we supposed to see Misato? Because I could see Misato being like Kaneda, you know, their characters having similarities. <laughs> yeah. Um, like but yeah, was that, is that just like the style? Was this an intentional thing? Am I reading too much into it? I don't know, like, I, it could be, it's just like, uh, the, like fashion-wise, the one from, like, Canada is more like a bomber jacket, right? And then, like, Misato has, like, a different cut, like, like, shorter jacket, those, like, jackets that were seen a lot in the 90s. Well, they both look like, yeah, you would say a, a bomber or an Eisenhower jacket, which still have, like, a military pass, so you would say, like, how Canada's wearing his, but then you would also see Misato uh, being appropriate there. But I, you know, I didn't know if it's just coincidence, intentional. What? I think I think it is. I'm I'm doing some googling too because I have to. Like, if we're gonna talk about these things, I'm like I want to see it. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that because so Akira came out in '88, uh, Neon Genesis was in '95. So like, I think that it could be a nod. I would not. I think it's just because uh, Misato. I mean. There's so many, there's so there's so many things that cross over. So maybe it is. I think it might just be because Masato just is the red jacket person, and that the like, I don't know if there's like an intentional play. I like it if there's an intentional play, and we could read a lot into that. They're both wearing military jackets for each movie and how that affects each movie together. But I don't know. I don't think it is. I do. I am finding a lot of nice Eisenhower jackets. I didn't know that's what it was called. That's cool. <laughs> Although his is more like a biker one. I would imagine that Canada's is made of leather. It'd have to be made of leather if that's available. And what did Tokyo, are they in Tokyo 3 too, as well? They're in Neo Tokyo, right? They're in Neo, Neo Tokyo. It's like some cyberpunk shit. Yeah. I think that might be okay, the biggest cool. between these two. Then, um, yeah, to get back to the episode. Um, yeah, so we go, we see uh, that one kid, the nerdy kid, playing war while Shinji comes along. We see that comparison of Shinji's like living it, a 14-year-old kid living it, and then another 14-year-old kid still acting like it's make-believe. Um, there's references to the revival of an ecosystem, which I think is really present in the sounds of the cicadas throughout the entire episode, which I think is really strong. And um, like especially there's that scene where uh, Shinji comes back um, from the train station, and then Misato's standing by the car, and they're just like staring at each other for a long time. Oh, and that's my favorite the, sequence. The I love that. It's just like the shot holds for like two minutes, and you're like, "Are they doing this? They're doing it." I love it. <laughs> I was like, I think that was like one of my main like when I saw that when I first started watching the show, and I saw that I was like, "Damn, this show is good." That's when I realized like there's something very special about the show. Then um, it's, I think we also have the first mention of a, a third child. Um, it's the first time we see Ray, or they're talking about putting Ray in unit um, one, which isn't the unit she normally pilots. Um, they say they still don't know who the fourth child is. Um, I wonder like how they identify 
with who the children are, how many oh. children are there? Because I know mm-hmm. we know eventually that it's Koji, but um, at this point, this episode, they say we don't know who the fourth child is. Oh, we'll get there when we get to like, what is it, episode 16, I think? I don't remember which one it is. Uh, but yeah, there's like, um, there's the organization that's like, uh, there's like a whole organization that's like, that's what it does, like finds pirates. Yeah, I forgot its name, but one to rewatch it, but we can get there. But yeah, I guess, Shin- I guess Shinji, is a, Shinji is the third child. First one is Ray, the second one is Asuka, and Shinji is the third child. So she's oh. already been identified, so they already know she exists before Shinji even comes into the picture. Yes, she's like Asuka's she's been training her whole life to be a pilot. Oh, right, right, right. right. She's been practicing in Germany. Which also heard like German is like so bad in the movie. It's kind of hilarious. Anyway, I, I love because she's story. German and Japanese in the show. Like that's her thing. Yeah, yeah. she's supposed to be a. Captain. Then um yeah so then Shinji uh, returns the favor and punches uh, Toji after he apologizes for being a jerk. And then again we get another reference to the hedgehog dilemma. Um, and then eventually sh- we get Shinji going back. And uh, Masato saying, you know, welcome, welcome back. Shinji says, I'm home, um, which I feel like kind of like completes that circle, at least, that a- essence. Ray, beyond the heart, unit zero, Ray Ayanami prepares to be recovered, but she has no friends, um, no records of her past, and no interest in getting to know Shinji. Um, the episode starts with flashbacks pre Shinji of. Uh, Ava test for zero one. Um, again, the the Ava goes berserk. The human part acts out. Is it trying to attack Gendo? Is it just attacking in general? Um, the plug ejects. Gendo worries about Ray. The only time we ever see maybe Gendo show emotion up to this point. Um, burns his hands opening the plug. He seems to care about Ray. He loses his glasses, which uh, Ray saves. Um, and then we meet Ray. Ray Ayanami. 14 years old, the first child, no records, um, maybe unstable. The lore of Ray, goodness gracious. She's just such a weird one, you know? I don't like, I really, I really get mad at Gendo, like on a personal level, like I can't separate myself from the show just in that like he shows like all this favoritism towards Ray and like Shinji sees it and like Gendo doesn't care that Shinji sees it. And like, it's really weird because then like, we all know why Gendo, well, no, we don't all know, but like we eventually learn like why Gendo so into Ray, just in that like, looks like his old boo-boo, but like, <laughs> it's kind of creepy and like just, it's so strange. And like it's, I really like watching Ray's evolution from Gendo to Shinji, which is like a weird echo with uh, uh, Gendo with the two doctors, you know, and that kind of like mother to to daughter, and then like from father to son, but like on the reverse, and like just, <sighs> I want to know more about Ray. They really do not give you a whole lot of like throughout the whole series. They like give you like inklings of her, but not like a full complete story. Ever, like ever. But, uh, uh, but, but this is the boob squishing part, right? I think that's like the point of Ray. I think like, like, she's like a vessel, right? So it's like I think that's like as a character that you don't know much about. Whatever little you know, you like fill in, right? 
kind of like uh, it's kind of like in video games, the silent protagonist, right? Where specifically like in first-person shooters, uh, like when you have like a silent protagonist, you are able to feel that you are more the character because there's no inflection of the character. You may make sound in your head however you want to, and I feel like Blade, fun Blade functions that, but in a third person, right? It's like this weird vessel thing where you just look at it, it's like, well, I don't know what this person is about or anything. Sure, there's like millions of videos on YouTube that can tell you about Ray, but at the same time, what the fuck do we know about her? Like, does she have, does she like playing board games? Or like, we don't even know what she cares about, you know? Like, as a character, she's like pretty, like, uh, she's just like, I think she says like, I'm do what I'm told. Like, I'm a soldier, kind of like a soldier, right? Just kind of like this empty vessel that you pour things in. I mean, like, coming from that, I feel like even that makes even, like, more fucked up, that relationship between Gendo and Rei. Because Gendo can tell her anything, and she'd be like, yeah, sure, you know. Uh, planes are an animal, of course. Of course, how the fuck are they going to fly? There's no machine that can fly. You know, like, that kind of, like, naivete that, it like, exists in Rey. And it's like a, a willful acceptance of being naive. Like, yes, of course. Why would it be different? It reminds yeah. me a lot of like these characters from like Jargos Latmos movies, kind of like the lobster, talk to, like they're like very like stone cold like this. That is yeah, I definitely yeah, I definitely see Ray as being that like that trope of that kind of character that I think in a lot of other animes is like the main character. Um, is like quiet, kind of emotionless. We don't have a background, right? The complete um, man with no name trope. But um, in this in this time, it's like a, uh, I guess still like not not Shinji as a protagonist, but still like a, one of the main characters. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but it's interesting to see that person become not the main character and Shinji being um, a lot more emotional. Um, but then Onyx, you had brought up the. Um, uh, Shinji uh, squeezing Ray's breast. Oh yes. Um, yeah, like that scene. I was watching that again, and then um, it made me think: like, is that foreshadowing um, the very end where they're like two bodies merged, and he's no longer on the outside, but like he, like his hand goes inside of her. Um, and then also it made me think of when Gendo um, doesn't he like he pushes his hand into Ray. And it like absorbs it, right? So I was thinking of I, th I was thinking of those scenes and like oh is that like a foreshadowing um, of that? But I think also showing how Ray seemingly had has no shame, and then Shinji has like all the shame. Um, and then there's also a rainbow in the scene where um, Shinji falls on Ray inside her room. Like there's like a the, like a rainbow at the end, and then again I, it made me think of uh, the end of Ava. Mm -hmm. oh, I mean, because then, like, right after that, right, she slaps him. Not, like, not, like, she dresses, and then, like, like the only, because, like, she doesn't show any emotion through that scene, which, again, like, it's almost like another, like, uh, fan service kind of moment, right, where it's, like, exploiting, like, this young girl's body, in a sense, or, like, being, like, oh, you know, like, what's Shinji thinking right now? He stutters so much. And I'm like, boy, you just need to get it out. Like, just give her the card and leave. Like, if you're in that awkward situation, that's what you do. I think that's, like, I still have frustration with Shinji because he doesn't change because it's, it's an anime. But, like, it just, 
there's so many things he could avoid. But anyway, like as they're going to nerve and like they're discussing things and then Shinji like talks some shit about his dad and it's like the one time she actually shows emotion and like slaps him, which, you know, is because she's attached to Gendo in this really weird way. And then like, I think also like to mention, like we're talking about like a second Ray here, right? And then third Ray is a completely different, not completely different, but like she's evolved past that where she starts to like Shinji almost. And like, this is where we like still see her like very much so like anti Shinji pro Gendo like fully on that scope i don't know i just yeah she slapped him. yeah yeah maybe maybe um that shift happens at the end of the next episode um yeah so then yeah so we see ray and shinji yeah um as Ani said ray sh- slaps shinji for talking shit about gendo <clears throat> um we see uh we see re- ray's reactivation test and as this is happening um, the fifth angel arrives, which I'm also confused about because it seems like the last time there was an angel, it was the second angel. So did we just not see angel three and four? Because it went from the second angel and now this is the fifth angel, the the triangular prism angel. Um, and uh, yeah, it shoots it shoots Shinji as Shinji uh, appears from the geo front. Shinji screams. <laughs> Another episode with Shinji screaming um, that ends, or another episode that ends with Shinji screaming. Um, and then, yeah, we, we jump to uh, episode six, Decisive Battle, New Tokyo 3. As the fifth angel drills towards Nerve, Masato leads Operation Yashima. All of uh, Japan's power will be diverted to take out um, Ramiel with a um, Positron rifle, which also... Is this the first angel whose name we know? Um, and then, oh, yeah, I, I think it's the first one that said openly. Yeah. I didn't know, like, throughout the entire series, like, watching the whole series, I did not understand, like, that these, some of these things had names. Like, it took, like, I think the one part where he says, like, you know, these creatures who bear, like, names of heaven or whatever, that paraphrasing. I didn't know, and now I do know that like, his name is Ramiel or like all of them. I pulled up a list of all the angels. Apparently Lilith and Adam are the first and second angel. And so Ramiel is the fifth one because Sakiel, the beak dude and Shamishel, the, the snake guy were the third and fourth angel. So Ramiel's Oh, okay. So that's how they're counting it. So I guess I don't know. that. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I like that they keep, um, these like judo christian uh, judeo christian um naming practices for angels mm-hmm. oh, yeah. <clears throat> um so yeah we begin the attack um shinji retreats is taken out of the pod unconscious his nose is bleeding um again we see cross imagery i know onyx you referenced that in the last episode but um you you see it all over the place from images on on um machinery to uh lighting to the way lasers blast um they try with shinji out of the picture um they try a lot of non-ava weapons to uh to uh, to fight the ava i mean to fight the angel um none of them work it has a very strong at field it's a floating fortress the angel begins to drill and begins to drill down to the geo front and we as a viewer think it just wants to destroy nerve but um maybe 
on what after watching the whole um, show, we understand that the angel was trying to reach um, Adam or trying to reach Lilith. Yeah, central. And then, um, yeah, that, I guess that's a that's what I was asking earlier. Maybe we could talk about that for a little bit. Um, what would have happened if this angel succeeded? Would it have just reached instrumentality sooner? Was Shinji ready for that? Like, um, or was it never? There was no chance it would ever have succeeded. It was always part of the plan for this one to fail. Is there free will, or is it all destined? I think there's free will, like definitely. I and mean, that's how I see it. Like I always feel like this show is like confrontation of these like different forces, right? It's like each angel is gonna try differently to uh, do the thing that they need to do in order to eliminate all life. Which to the angels, we are sacrilegious. I think like humanity is like, why are you here? Like if I'm here, you're not supposed to be here. So we both need to leave. You know, it's like our existence that we are in contact with the same planet is like sacrilegious, right? So they're trying to do it. The thing is just like someone has a plan of the game and they'll has all the plays and they're like, like I said, they're like trying to like uh, delay it as much as possible until they can do it. Well, well, I don't know, because, like, I kind of, I agree with you, and I also, like, don't, because of some of the conversation we had last time, where, because Seal itself is, like, kind of, like, this opposing force to nerve. We just don't know that until much later. And so, like, you know, looking back on this timeline, because, like, I kind of get what you're saying, Max, where it's, like, like, how much of this has actually all been planned out or not, especially since, like, as, like, you know, in the end of Evangelion, we see that Seal has, like, every... Has, is, has the full capability to take down Nerve. And so they have every opportunity to do it if they really want, because like there's the one force, like Seal is trying to start the, the human instrumentality project. Wow, so many words. And then Nerve is trying to work against it. And so, but, but you know, they're under, and so there's this whole, like I get like that weird, like I don't know if, like why all of these angels are being like prevented off except for the last ones, which Seal is like, fuck it, we're just gonna go for it now you know, did that give Shinji, and that's why we have this story, you know, we're able to see a story of how Shinji grows just because Seal was trying to let him grow, or like, you know, like, I don't know, like, to what degree what plan had happened. I don't know why Seal and all these capitalists want everybody to die, especially when that means that all of their their funds or their worth is going to dissipate when, like, everyone's goo. We don't have any more need for, like, technology or money when we're goo. So then, you know, I don't know why they want to do that, but then, like, on the other end, like, you know, it's like nerve is a front at this point. Like we all understand it's just a front to like basically be, make these godlike things and play with them. It feels like a lot of play, a lot of play. And then like in the backstory of it all, it's just Shinji's mom wanting to live forever and Gendo wanting to be there with her. You know, it's like a weird love story, but not really. But like, it's, uh, I don't know where, like, I don't understand why there's so many angels and why, like, so many come so close, but then never, never, ever get to that point until, of course, the last, unless it's just purely because storytelling makes it be like that, you know? Uh, but the thing is, like, I love, like, this, this, this show is so fucking messy. Um, but I I, 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 I like what you brought up, that, that they try it and try it. But the thing is, they're, there are two or three very close impacts. Like one happens, like throughout the series, there's like two or three 
near impacts. Like they were stopped. One of them was when Shinji, when like Ava One completely awakens, assimilates the angel, eats it, becomes like a full being, and then like just because they got lucky, the shit stopped moving. You know, because it doesn't need electricity anymore. It's awakened. It's like conscious, but it's like I'll chill here. I'm just gonna wait. That was one that could have happened. Then the other one is when that halo, uh, halo angel goes into Ray, and then like she absorbs it, and then like a tree of life grows out of her back, and then brings it back in, and she becomes pregnant, and then like succumbs it, and then she turns into like uh, ghost Ray for like a second. Oh, yeah, she starts reaching like, out, yeah. reaching out like <laughs> like that was like a near impact, but Ray destroyed it. She was like. She was a, like, Eva Unit Zero was a Lilith, like, uh, a Lilith God at some moment. But then, like, they pulled the plug on it. Like, the thing happens, like, several times. And the other one was when the, I think, when the angel eats the Eva one. And it's, like, in this weird, like, the Sea of Dirac. Like, the one that's, like, that's not the angel. That's its shadow. It's kind of cool. Like, there are near impacts in the series, but they're able to stop them. Like every time they get closer and closer, like, but by, but episode 23, like there was like a near impact of Ray, and then episode 24, Kaoru was standing right in front of it. And he's like, the fuck? This is not Adam. And I was like, damn, we got tricked, right? Like every time they're like, he, like there's like this, ch it's like this game, right? Where they're like moving the pieces around and, it was like they're like as the show progresses, like they're very close. They're becoming closer and closer to doing that thing, and I think that's why the end of Eva is like so, like so, like shocking because they do it, and you're like, oh my god, they did it. Shinji didn't get on the robot and save Asuka. He could have changed everything, but he didn't. Okay, cool. Um, I think we'll have to leave it there. Thank you both. We can pick up the conversation, I guess, next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Man, I love talking about Eva.